Welcome in Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, July 13th. We have stuff to talk about, actual stuff that we don't have to create out of thin air because the Bears made a move and we'll talk about it. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka, who is now back in Chicago as a Chicago resident again, works for the Odyssey family of networks, so is technically my actual co-worker now, comes into the office, doesn't tell me he's there. Really awesome, really cool, really nice of him. But we're still here doing this podcast, and we're going to do the Bears Nation podcast on today, Wednesday, July 13th, training camp, just a couple weeks away, inching closer and closer, things starting to ramp up, so we are back, and Kevin, welcome. How you doing? Doing well. It does feel good to be official co- We've been co-hosts, but now we're co-workers through thick and thin, though. Bears Nation podcast. Uh, you know, we could have shut this thing down. We've got busy lives. We're both working men, but we're going to power through for the loyal fans of the show. Now, we appreciate you guys coming in here every week, week in, week out on YouTube, on Twitch, and then those of you who listen to us uh, after the fact. But yeah, man, we've, we're done with that dead period, right? We have this dead period each year. And, you know, we go about two, three weeks without content. We don't want to force content to you guys, the listeners that like stuff that's not interesting. Like we're going to give you interesting content when it's available. And now we finally have some things. Nikhil Harry's a Chicago Bear. Um, training camp is approaching. I know I'll be there for, um, for three days, I, I think two days in late July and one day in early August. So uh, if any of you guys are going to be there, hit me up and uh, I'd like to meet up with anybody there. And I think Jake might uh, come one point uh, in August too. Maybe we'll do like a live standup from Hallis Hall. It's not the same though. You know, I, there's a lot of people, I didn't go last year, but everyone who went last year says it's just not the same as Bourbonnet. And although Bourbonnet was kind of a hassle because of how far it was, there was something, kind of. but yeah, not, yeah, it was a hassle, but there was something like, special about Bourbonnet that you don't get that same feeling at Hallis Hall. Do you know what I mean? Like it was an, ex- it was like, it was an event to go to Bourbonnet and now it's just, you know, and you, I don't know, is the video policy the same? Can you even take a video there? And even you couldn't take videos last year. It's like, what's the whole point? Like the, the thing go, is though, like if, take you, a video can't, post it. <laughs> you can't have your athletes sleeping in dorm rooms and bunking together when they could okay. realistically just drive 30 minutes back to wherever their apartment or wherever they're happening to stay That's and sleep in an actual bed and, you know, make themselves an actual meal. Like you, if you can do it, it's much better and it will reflect, hopefully God, we hope so at some point in the bears near future, um, instead of driving an hour South uh, to just get a practice in and then, you know, two hours round trip. So yeah. Um, yeah. The experience the legacy fine that it's 2022. We can leave that behind. It's fine. You don't need to practice at an old ass university campus. So, but that being said, speaking of the practices and everything ramping up, we did get some action yesterday. The Bears trade a seventh round pick to the Patriots for Nikhil Harry. The wide receiver crisis is solved. You have a wide receiver too. The wide receiver room is complete. Here we go. Justin Fields has a weapon. Now we go. A former first round pick. Praise be. This is it, man. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for. We are saved 
Extreme Sports X, I, uh, I noticed you from the 670 to the score. Twitch chat, good to have you in here. Uh, we are saved. That is correct. Nikhil Harry has come to save the Chicago Bears wide receiver room. No, obviously that is not the reality. But, Jake, let me preface this conversation with this because this has been the general consensus and the general narrative around this trade. And you are one of these people. You are shitting on it. You're calling him mid. I, okay, okay, okay. No, Hold I, on. I did not I shit on it. Okay, I did not okay. shit on it. I said, what was my exact? I'll go. I will bring up the tweet right now. Pull up right the tweet. Now. Pull up the receipts. All right. He said he's he's a whole bunch of mid and nothing else. Precisely. So, okay. Today, just now, I said I can't wait to talk about how mid Nikhil Harry is because he is extremely mid. And then when the trade was announced, I said, sigh, I guess, sure. Like, that's, like, this is not a move that, like, I didn't shit on it. I just said, okay, like, this is Yeah, okay, but here, so here's the problem, though. Here's the problem, in my opinion, with that reaction. Like, yeah, this, this is fine, but the whole narrative around the wide receiver room for five months now has been, you you don't have anybody good enough. You know, this you don't have enough weapons for Justin Fields. You know, at this point, you just need bodies. And Ryan Poles goes out and Fair. gets you a guy that can potentially be something for a worthless seventh round pick. That's not going to mean anything. So it's not like they lost the trade because they gave up. That's too much two capital. years from now as well, too. That's two years from now. We don't have to worry. Like that, those things do not matter. This is a guy, huge frame, 6'4, 225 frame. You know, was a first-round draft pick for a reason. New England drafted a guy, a wide receiver. in the. He was the first wide receiver they had drafted in the first round in forever. They never do that. The New England Patriots never draft a wide receiver in the first round. They did with Nikhil Harry. They saw something in him. He didn't pan out his first two years. Last year in 2021, he actually requested a trade in the offseason. They did not grant that to him. He played out the rest of the year. Probably not. Not really wanting there. I think he said in the media, he's like, oh, actually, I do want to be here, you know, just to kind of save face after requesting a trade type stuff. But he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be on that team. Kendrick Bourne was getting all the love. Jacoby Myers was getting all the love. But the reason why I'm kind of angry at those on Twitter and, and just the general reaction to this is like, you know, oh, you know, they're bashing Ryan Pulse. It's like, look, you know, this is the exact type of receiver you needed in the room. You needed a big body guy. A lot of you guys are smaller. They're faster. They're twitchier. They're slot guys. They're shorter. You know, they're run after catch guys. This is just a guy where, hey, you need a bigger body in the red zone or a bigger body at any point on the field. This is your guy. And he went out and got that guy. And look, if he doesn't work out, like there, I'd say there's a 50-50 chance right now to kill Harry makes the roster versus getting cut. Like we see these things happen all the time. Oh, I'd put it higher veteran. than that. I'd put it higher than 50. That, that. He gets cut or that he makes the roster? That he makes the roster. I Do you think there's like, a high chance that he makes the roster? Compared to like uh, Tajay Sharp and unfortunately Correct. Daz Newsome? Yes. 1,000%. So, so here's what's working in Nikhil Harry's favor just from a making the roster standpoint. That first round pick pedigree that you talked about. Correct. The fact that he's by far the biggest receiver in this room. It's 6'4 and 200-something pounds. So that puts him yeah. like far and away – like extreme sources that Brandon Marshall type measurables there. And three, even though it's a seventh round pick, it's still an asset and teams do not like to give up assets just for guys they are going to cut usually generally. And I know it's not for another, two, another the draft following this upcoming one, right. upcoming, you know what I mean? Like th those are three things working in his favor right off the bat, more so than Tajay Sharp, who you signed for, you know, dust basically. And Daz Newsome, who was a six round pick from the previous regime. 
and yeah. countless of these other guys, the undrafted guys, the guys who've been hanging on the practice squad, like already, because at the very least, we know Nikhil Harry can run block. That is one of the positives that comes with Correct. him already, even though he isn't like have a lot of accolades as a receiver. We don't know. We do know he's a big body that can run blocks. So that's working in his favor. That's already a skill. That's already three things. And I mean, if you want to add the run blocking four things already, that's working in his favor. I think it's already like an 85% chance he makes the roster unless he is just absolutely, truly atrocious in camp in the preseason. Well, so you're proving my point. So like the bears just went out and got a guy who's going to compete to be in the roster. He is a wide receiver. And if you're using this logic, the logic that you just spoke about for the past two minutes, the wide receiver room just got better. Like, and, and according to your logic, the wide receiver room just got better. Assuming, say you're replacing what would have been, you know, the fifth or fourth wide receiver slot that would have been Tajay Starp is now Nikhil Harry or Daz Newsom is now Nikhil Harry. You just, you just improved on, on the offensive side of the ball at the wide receiver position. So that's why I'm confused. It's just the, 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 the inconsistency is what bothers me is all these people who say, you know, Justin Fields doesn't have enough weapons. They're not doing enough to help him out. And Ryan P- Poles goes out. God, I almost said pace. Ryan Poles goes out, gets you a guy <laughs> who has high upside, who, you know, is a four or five runner, which is pretty damn fast for that body. And, you know, why not take a flyer on him? Like, why not have okay, more so- bodies? I mean, I, that's why I, I don't, I'm tr- having trouble with those who are, are having that inconsistent mindset of, oh, we need help. And then, oh, we get help and it's, uh, we don't want it. Like, so, so, so here's the thing. So here's like, I completely agree with you. You need the problem is the bar was in hell. Like <laughs> you couldn't go much lower because this was the bears receivers room before Nikhil Harry was brought in. Darnell Mooney, obviously locked into, you know, a, a roster spot. He's your number one receiver. Vius Jones Jr. Locked into a roster spot. He was the first offensive player you took in this year's draft. Byron Pringle, probably a lock for the roster, given that you paid him a couple million dollars and you have at least some, upside there some aspirations of what he could be then i mean after that dante pettis tajay sharp who were both like signed for the vet minimum if that equinomia st brown david moore isaiah coulter symbol west webster daz newsome chris Finky, and kevin shea an undrafted rookie so now you bring in the keel harry there's about one two three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys that are a potential probably going to lose their spot. Right. So exactly. And that's what I mean. Like you, 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 and this is, I am Scott's in the chat says, you know, think about it. Mooney, Pringle, Harry, and Jones Jr. Like that, that is a wide receiver room with a little bit of potential, right? Like we're not going to sit here and tell you, and this is the whole, you know, conversation around this trade is look, this is, this is just a high a low risk, high reward trade. That's what it is. I mean, Nikhil Harry could, you know, click here in Chicago. He could get you, and if he gets you 500 yards, Jake, like that is a that's a, a massive W. I mean, if he gets you just 500 yards and maybe like four touchdowns, you utilize his big body in the red zone. You throw him a couple fade balls, allow him to to you know, um, you know, baby a, a littler cornerback. If you get 500 yards and three touchdowns, like you won the trade. You trade a seventh round pick for 500 yards and three touchdowns, an offense that de- desperately needs production like that. So, like so, I that when you look at the wide receiver room, it's so unproven, and that's why people are very, very shy to, to talk about it as a, a high quality room or or even a room that's better than a team like the Green Bay Packers. But in reality, you could be looking at you know at, at game 17 next year, looking back and being like, hey, you know. 
that wasn't that bad. Like there is potential there. And we, we don't know what Bayless Jones is going to be. We like what we've seen from him so far in mini camp. I think Nikhil Harry, like the thing you have to consider as well was, you know, he, he was drafted in, uh, I believe in 2019. All right. So then in 2020, his quarterback is Cam Newton. 2021, it's Mac Jones, you know, rookie quarterback. Does he really click with that guy? They don't have the same rapport. And if people who say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter, right? Look at Allen Robinson's production with a quarterback like Justin Fields. Just because Allen Robinson is a great receiver didn't mean he's going to have great production with that rookie quarterback. And the same can apply to Nikhil Harry and Mac Jones in 2021. So you look at Nikhil Harry's early years in his career, like there wasn't a lot of consistency from the quarterback position with him which is some, and especially you think about who it was in 2020, Cam Newton, in that team specifically, and even in 2021, that was a team that didn't pass the ball. They played the Buffalo Bills uh, when it was a torrential, win, torrential downpour and win, and they they passed the ball three times. They passed the ball three times. So when you look at Nikhil Harry's early career, like he's going into his fourth year now, and his first three years, he hasn't had the same quarterback in in in, in any of those years. And I think that's something that you know, obviously has to be brought up. So again, like Nikhil Harry's not coming in and he's not a new wide receiver one who's getting you 800 yards and eight touchdowns. We're not saying that. We're saying you have to look at what factors, you know, could have led to lower production in his first three years as a first round wide receiver, but don't lose sight of the reason he was drafted at that point in the first place, specifically by a franchise who notoriously does not draft wide receivers in the first round. So I don't know, there, there's some silver linings to his early career, but what for you, like if you look at this, if you are at the end of 2022 next year and you're looking back at this trade and let's say we review this in a podcast episode a year um, or, you know, six months from now for you, what is good? What, what, what would be good production from Nikhil Harry given this trade? So realistically, I'm expecting Nikhil Harry what I think what would be the ideal situation, let's call it that, is that Nikhil Harry is your third wide receiver behind Darnell Mooney, obviously, and then Vios Jones Jr. ideally would be your Byr- second, right? Oh, so you think Byron Pringle would be fourth in that situation? Yeah, just because Byron Pringle is such an unknown. Like, he has a high ce- – like, I view Nikhil Harry's ceiling as higher than Byron Pringle, but the floor is probably a little higher on Pringle just because he's a little more established. I'm not doing the Lions thing today. Get that out of here. Um, <laughs> I guess if six months from now or the end, let's call it the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this right now. Like, l- let me ask you this. If Nikhil Harry, as you let's say here's your number three. If Nikhil Harry puts up, 490 yards and four touchdowns on 43 catches for 11.4 yards per reception or give or take. That's is that good enough for a third wide receiver? Numbers did you just read? You just looked up. I feel like you just read someone else's numbers. Those were very specific. Yeah, that would be good for wide receiver three. So whose numbers did you just read? I just read off to you. So that 490 yards on 43 catches, 11 yards per reception, four touchdowns. That was from 2019, 29-year-old Alshon Jeffrey, who is an inch shorter than Nikhil Harry. There you go. And that, I, yeah. I mean, is that, like, is that what, yeah, like, is that what we should, like, I'm thinking, should that be the expectation? Because those would all be, like, that would be career highs across, like, not, the yards would be, the yards per reception would not be. uh, The touchdowns would be, he's never had. The touchdowns and the yards would be career highs for Nikhil Harry. 
I can't say that's the expectation. You you just can't say that's the expectation. But you take is, it, right? I would take it. Oh my god, that's the ceiling in my opinion. That's the ceiling. I would say that's for a guy the ceiling. Like you hear it for for okay. for a guy you tra- you traded a seventh round pick for this guy. I'm telling you, so, the ceiling is 490 yards, 43 receptions, and four touchdowns. Again, like. Oh my God! Like that is significant value. Look what look what like what were Jakeem's Dr- Grant stats last year? You know, simply as a receiver, and that was a guy you traded for a sixth round pick. So you can kind of compare it that way. Now, of course, it's hard to evaluate because Jakeem Grant right, really, Jakeem Grant came really in was brought well, in, in as a returner. That's why he was. Well, and he came in, in what week four? Six, I mean, he came in halfway five, through the season. I don't know, but uh, like, he played how, 11, 11 games for Chicago, so he came in like week seven, even. For yeah. Chicago, um, this is just returns. Had like probably had like three hundred yards, if that. I mean, he had the Still huge man. play against Green Bay that you know probably boosted it. But okay, here we go. Uh, Jakeem Grant, fifteen targets, nine catches, one hundred and thirty-nine yards, two touchdowns. Like that's a guy. <laughs> okay, can we just talk about nine <laughs> catches? Two of those are touchdowns. Yeah. Like, his his catch to touchdown ratio is off That's the charts. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah it's now like, that I think you expect way more than that for Nikhil. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So, like, again, like, you, if people really want to break down the value of this trade, which I don't think there are many people who are really going to go to the links to do that, you know, like again, it's a seventh round pick. But if you're getting 500 yards, which is kind of the benchmark that I said, you know, and four touchdowns like oh my god you won you won the trade and you made the new england patriots look foolish so i, I don't know right. i'm i'm completely i'm completely fine with this trade i obviously the bears did not get fleeced and I, again i don't think anyone should be in a position right now and if you are i would suggest changing your mindset that this was not a trade the Bears should have made now let me let me point out the caveat that would i rather have had them pick up julio jones on a one-year $3 million contract, or maybe even Emmanuel Sanders on a one-year $1.5 million contract? Sure. Like, those were things that I also would have agreed with, but the general line of thinking has to be, your wide receiver wasn't very good. Why would you not take a a, a low-risk, high-reward option and take a chance on a guy like Nikhil Harry when obviously this is the biggest position of need? So at the end of the day... They got a guy. If it works, it works. If it doesn't and he gets cut and he can't stay on the field for whatever reason or there's just no clicking with Justin Fields and things don't go well in training camp, you cut him and you lost a seventh-round pick. And for all we know, in two years, Ryan Poles can just do some more magic on draft day and get you that seventh pick right back just like this, like he did this year. Like he accrued five more picks on day three. Like, I'm, you know, if he gets cut, I don't want to hear anybody saying, oh, our, our 2024 seventh round pick. Oh, you know, like <laughs> this is, this is not what we're right. doing. So enough. Of seventh round Harry. picks generally get, don't even make it. Well, so one more thing on the Nikhil Harry thing before oh, yeah. we get and into ranking the wide receivers. Yeah. Um, it is, it is noticeable that Nikhil Harry, he did have a career low in targets last year and right. tied a career low in receptions. However, that being said, had a career high in yards per reception and still, and like had the second highest, He's only been here three seasons, but you know what I mean? And in his first two seasons had at least a couple of rushing attempts and had oh. zero last year. So there is something to, I think, the thought that would any of us be surprised if Nikhil Harry requested a trade before last season and Bill Pelichick said, screw you, we're keeping you, and you're just not going to see the field. Like, none of us would be surprised by that. But, like, 
I just like here's my thing with the Nikhil. I think it's just temper expectations. Yes, the first former first round pick, but let's just expect. You know, I wouldn't even expect those Alshon Jeffrey numbers. I, I said, let's right. just expect Don't, a yeah. strong like expect to be the fourth receiver who's just there for run blocking, really, because that right. like you're going to be a run heavy team. You can use a big body like that. Exactly. And they've talked about it. They've talked about it. They've, they've said, you know, we are running this power outside zone concept and we're going to run the ball, you know, 60 times a game, (laughs) not 60, but they're going to run the ball a lot, you know, and, and they've established that identity. So no one should be, uh, no one should be surprised. And and Don Burr, we're not reaching to try to find something good to say. You have to evaluate factual information. Like this is factual (laughs) information. Like you can't, like these things aren't just in a vacuum. Like, you have to take in consideration what I mentioned about the inconsistency at the most important position for a wide receiver. The, you know, his the guy who's throwing him the football. It was nice to have to have the same guy at quarterback for three years. Nikhil Harry didn't have the luxury of uh, of having that. And then, like Jake mentioned, you know, your question and also twenty one does Belichick spite him? I don't know. And in that same vein, how many times, like, what wide receivers in the last handful of years? Have you seen be super successful in New England and be like New England churns through wide receivers faster exactly. than possibly any other team in the league? Like, I'm not like fact things that are factual. Nikhil Harry is a big dude. Nikhil Harry is a good run blocker. Now, yes, outside of those two things, yeah, we're trying to project and see what you could possibly hope for. But I wouldn't call that a reach to hope that he gets 300 yards again because he already did it once. He's done it once. Like, he did and it that in the second year, year. And that was the year that Cam Newton was playing quarterback. Correct. Come on, man. Like now the thing and, now the thing that caps the potential to kill Harry production and what you expect of him is A, Justin Fields is going to be running for his life the way this offensive line is currently constructed and what we know about it right now. Without having seen him take an actual snap of gain action. Justin Fields is probably going to be running for his life. Probably. B, we know that Darnell Mooney is going to be the focal point of that, and just of the receiving game. Of the whole offensive plan, it's going to be the David Montgomery show. We know, mm-hmm. like, that's what we know. And Clue Herbert. So, right. So, it's like, the run game is going to be prominently featured. All of this is guesswork. It's July 13th. What else do you want? It's like, yeah. what are we doing here? It's July 13th. We're talking about a trade that involved a guy that barely saw the field last year and a seventh-round pick. So, <laughs> Don Burr, get out. I want to hear it. Like, what are we doing here? It's insane. It is July 13th. My brother in Christ, go touch grass. You're here in the Bears Nation podcast comment section. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Every week, every week, we're he's reaching here, for Nikhil Harry stats. Ugh. Yeah, no shit, my guy. What these else do the, you want? These are the same people telling me Quintus Cephas is a 600 yard receiver, man. These are the same people telling me Khalif Raymond is a diamond in the rough. I don't want to hear it. All right, I don't right. want to hear it. I've had enough. Now it's funny. Uh, Nikhil Harry posted a picture, a, a jersey edit of him in a in the Bears jerseys. We're in number 15. I was really getting Josh Bellamy vibes from that. I don't I don't think anyone has worn who who has worn 15 since Josh Bellamy cuz I can't think of it. I mean it was Brandon Marshall's number. Well, yeah, obviously, but after him it was I'm talking it's about a, between Bellamy and now. It was nobody, right? Was that number vacant yeah. at least during the regular season? 
as far as major Josh Bellamy vibes in that photo. Um, but yeah, Nikhil Harry, um, that's our that's all right. Add it to the list of reasons Nikhil Harry sticking on the team. Josh Bellamy, vibes. yeah, he's Josh Bellamy vibes. I mean, if anything, that's the reason he shouldn't stick on the team. Um, but Josh Bellamy was a good special teams there for a while. I guess he was all right. I mean, you he stick you stick on a team in the NFL for what six, seven years. There's a reason. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm tired of this only Nikhil Harry talk. Uh, moving on, let's go through the wide receivers room again. And there's one thing. I'm, let's. It obviously all starts with Darnell Mooney. Far and away, obviously he's your number one. Correct. Expect him to take a leap, Kevin. You expect him to clear 1,200 yards, which I don't think is unreasonable because Easily. he's he's just a field guy. And he, we expect him to hopefully have more room to maneuver with. I did see a prop listed on a sports book. I don't remember which, but Darnell Mooney's season-long yards prop is at 900. Oh, my God. Over. Are you Over. serious? Yeah. Who the, who, who the F, man? What, what is all this about, man? What is, who is this? MGM, I mean, FanDuel? Who the hell from, is making these lines? From a, like, pure you-look-at-the-Bears-offense standpoint, I get why you initially look at that number and you say, okay, because we don't know, like, we still don't know what the offensive line is. Like, we hope Justin Fields takes the jump, but you can't really be sure. First year head coach, still don't know what the scheme is going to be. So I get it. I get why it's set that low because Justin Fields might be running for his life every single game. And like, we might get major Mitch Trubisky vibes where he's only able to throw seven times a game. You know what I mean? Like, it, it might be like that. I think it'll be over that. You obviously think it'll be over that. I know a lot of people think he'll be easily a 1,000-yard receiver because the Bears are going to be throwing a ton because we expect them to be down in games a lot. But that's something that you have a 1,000-yard receiver as your number one, easily. Uh, how, like you, like I said, you think he's a 1,200-yard receiver. I don't know if I'm exactly there, but I can see it. But the thing is, Darnell Mooney, at the end of the day, is a top, I think 20 for sure, probably. Yeah. He's probably in that 15 to 20 range. I I think so. I think so. And there's a lot of people who who aren't, you know, don't know enough about the Bears or just aren't in tune enough with what's going on here who are going to hear that and think that's absolutely absurd. Now, if you want to, you know, you want to talk about like fantasy production, things like that, without a doubt, this guy is going to be a top 15, maybe top 10 fantasy receiver, but 900 yards, dude, that's like 55 yards per game. Almost like that's like 60 yards per game. Like the guy's going to have a couple games this year. where He'll have 150 plus receiving yards. He will. I mean, the, just the nature of how he plays with his deep threat ability. He'll have a game where he'll catch a ball for 70 yards and then he'll, you know, get seven other catches and get over one. I I would lock that in. At one point this year, he'll have over 150 yards in a game. And he got close last year. He had to have one where I think he was around 120 uh, or something. But this guy, like, the more I watch him, the more, you know, we did a breakdown on him last year. Like, he has every single tool to be a 1200 yard receiver and the rapport with Justin Fields and the work ethic between both of them is, is just so evident that to me, it's impossible for it to fail. It's impossible for him not to be a 1000 yard receiver again this year. And now the only thing that you have to think about when you talk about, okay, where, where does the real leap come for Darnell Mooney? Like, obviously he showed he can be a thousand yard receiver. What's the next step? Is it 200 more yards? No, to me, it's, it's what he can do from a touchdown production standpoint. Four touchdowns last year, hasn't been able to get into the end zone a ton in his career. If he can get up to eight touchdowns this year, oh my God, this is like one of the bigger, you know, fifth round steals in recent draft history. And that's like, like aside from the running back position, that's completely fair to say. So, you know, hopefully 
they'll find more ways. A lot, I think a lot of his touchdowns still are going to come from, you know, Darnell Mooney catches ball at the 50 yard line, runs 50 yards and scores a touchdown versus, Hey, we're going to design plays for Darnell Mooney in the red zone. They should be doing those things. And I think they will with Luke Getze, especially when you think about what he did with Devonte Adams and a lot of the motion things he did, moving him around and getting him open inside the five yard line. I mean, dude, every time I saw watch, you know, bears Packers and the packs were inside the five and I saw Devonte Adams lined up one-on-one. I was like, you know, God damn it, man. He's going to score. He's going to either run a slant route and get open because he's such a good route runner or Luke Getze in that offense. Um, and, and you know what they're doing over there. They're going to, they're going to find a way to put Devonta Adams in motion and just scheme them open. And the one play that sticks out, I think we've talked about this before. What? I think it was against the bears. Devonta Adams lined up on the outside against Jalen Johnson. I think they run him in motion and it was just a track race between the two uh, in motion. Devonta Adams got free, you know, I don't know if this this might have been Jalen Ramsey of the Rams. It was either Jalen Johnson or Jalen Ramsey against either the Bears or the Rams, Packers, Bears, Packers, Rams. And either Jalen Ramsey or Jalen Johnson run through the whole defense. I mean, I don't remember who it was, but the concept is what matters. They he went in motion all the way I'm around. I'm pretty sure it was and Ramsey. He ended up running Ramsey. I can't, ended I can't up running, remember. What yeah, right. Because everyone was talking about this matchup once they got in the red zone. You know, it was the whole yeah. thing. They were chirping all game. And then he got oh, he didn't even beat, he barely beat Ramsey. He just, you know, ran in motion. Ramsey has to run through all of his linebackers and defenders and just, you know, Devonta Adams is wide open on a little dig route for a touchdown. Like those are the kind of things I want to see from Darnell Mooney in the red zone. Hopefully he gets that production up to eight touchdowns, but let's look at the rest of the, like we've, we've spoken enough on this show about how we believe yeah, Darnell we Mooney's do, premiere. We do Darnell but, Mooney every week. And you kind of have to, because that's kind of all we have yeah. on offense. But um, looking down the line, like you seem the way you've just spoken to me about this room you're more of a a believer in Valus Jones Jr. than you are Byron Pringle. That interests me. Yes. And I want to know why. Just because Byron Pringle, the flashes we have seen, you have to wonder how much of that came from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Benefits of that. Andy Reid, sure. one of the top coaches in the league. Patrick Mahomes, arguably the top quarterback in the league. So it's just kind of you have to wonder. Yeah, we know he's fast. Yeah, we know he's twitchy. Okay, there's these physical attributes that make us think that he has potential to be good, but how much of that is really going to come to fruition? Meanwhile, Velas Jones Jr., you have more to go on. High usage player at Tennessee, had a good final season. You have more of kind of a, a scope of what he can do, and him being a third-round pick kind of equates more to me than whatever, what was it, $6 million that Pringle got? Like that kind of equates as far as, you know, like third-round pick to me, has more value than just $6 million. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's why I think, and plus it's a one-year contract for Pringle. Jones is on this rookie deal. Long-term, you expect Jones around longer. So there's probably mm-hmm. more expectations on Jones to be a contributor. That's why for me, he ideally, maybe not like, when the first step chart comes out, Byron Pringle might be number two on that wide receiver. He chart. will, right. But yeah. ideally, you would like Vilas Jones by like week one, hopefully to be that number two. That's how I kind of look at it. I think that's fair. And and I, I think you're right. And I, I also do think you can make the argument, though, that we've made before that, you know, yeah, was Pringle aided by the system that he was in and the pieces around him 100%. But also, he was never even close to being a legitimate wide receiver three for that team. I mean, he, he, he didn't even start a majority of the games last year and in years past. So there are people who believe that just given a larger target share 
and more opportunities that you'll see more of him. So I think you have to take both things into consideration. The fact that, yeah, he was heavily aided by the team that he was on, but also that team also wasn't providing him with significant opportunities. And in Chicago, he's going to get that. And we might, you know, unlock his potential here in Chicago. But I think you're right. Like we'd be happier as far as the projection of this team because people are already looking beyond 2022 and are focusing themselves on 2023 and what will happen that year because that's the prime that's the year the Super Bowl window theoretically should begin then you would like to see Valus Jones Jr. be a more productive wide receiver than Byron Pringle this year given what you mentioned the fact that Pringle's on a one-year contract with the odds of him re-signing a long-term deal after that being very low and knowing that Bayless Jones Jr. is on a rookie contract, will be here for at least four years, um, most likely. So, yeah, that's what you want. And now down the line, all right, so we have Bayless Jones Jr., Byron Pringle, and this is where things get interesting, right? Well, we so I, w- I want to do a little bit more on Bayless Jones Jr. and okay, kind of like what we project for him. So if we expect him and we hope for him to be the number two and we're not like we're trying to kind of cap what we think this passing attack can be and what this offense can be, let me ask you this. So kind of a similar exercise that we did with Nikhil Harry. If Lewis Jones Jr. puts up, let's say, 680 yards, five touchdowns, that's far and away a success. Like that's far, like, so probably about half of what the ceiling of Mooney is, right? If you're expecting about 1,200 for Mooney. But if Lewis Jones Jr. puts up, let's say that 600 to 700 range and a handful of touchdowns, I think that's far and away like a slam dunk for a third round pick. I would agree. I mean, uh, five touchdowns stands out to me. If you get five, like, yeah, 1000%. If you get five touchdowns from a rookie wide receiver for an offense that for the past four years has not been able to get into the end zone, like, you, you won. Like, like that's so my thing is more the yards and the usage type of situation. So I'll give you how many guesses do you want as to who that comp is? (sighs) I'll take one guess. Okay. Read it again. So, so the- this player, this player put up 680 yards on 59 catches and five touchdowns. If it helps, if it helps with context, because we do think U.S. Jones Jr. will be in the rushing attack a little bit. This player, this that season, also had four rushes for 41 yards. This is a Chicago Bears player. No, no, it's not. Okay, okay. Random NFL player X. Tell me what year they were drafted, and then I'll try to give my best guess. If you, their, if you their rookie that. year was tw- so they were a third round pick, and okay. their so they were also a third round pick, which is why I picked them. And their rookie year was 2019, which was the year I just read off. It wasn't Michael Hardman, was it? No. <sighs> he was drafted in 2019, I believe. Who else was that year? AJ Brown? No, AJ Brown was. AJ, AJ Brown put up over a thousand yards. Is what yeah, I was like, there's no way he put up six eighty. I'll give it to me. I'm give it to me. Deontay Johnson. Oh, I actually didn't expect that. Huh? Who also Deontay Johnson? Similarly, his rookie year, wow. twenty three years old. Oh. oh, so there's a lot of parallels there. There's a lot of parallels there. Six eighty. Five touchdowns in 2019. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Then that's a total W. I mean, Deontay Johnson, many so. project this year to be like a top 10 wide receiver. 
So yeah. if we're like, okay, in 2025, Bayless Jones Jr. is projected to be a top 10 receiver. Now, that's a great comp, though. For Okay, so that's like the benchmark. Okay, 685 touchdowns. So we'll, we'll, we'll lay that down right now here on July 13th. Is we, I don't know if we should expect I, I won't, that, I won't, but. Yeah, I won't put the touchdowns there just because we really, really don't know. But, I mean, we don't know, like, we don't know what system Eberflus are. And the biggest thing, like, we still don't know what the offensive line is. Like, we don't, yeah. we don't know which rookies are going to be starting on the offensive line. That's a problem. So that's the biggest yeah. thing. But, yeah, I mean, this, this Deontay Johnson, like, his rookie year, there's a lot of comps. Also older, 23 years old. All, you know, also coming in probably as the third uh, option because on that 2019 Steelers team was AB also Juju Smith-Schuster. What's up? Was AB on that? T- Antonio Brown was still on the team at, at that point, or no? Uh, he was. He's not listed here, but it was Juju and James Washington as the other two wide receivers. Okay. Yeah. That Which, funny been. enough, I'm gonna sneeze real quick. Bless you. Um, thank you. Deontay Johnson was also the second receiver technically on that team, but from a production standpoint, because Juju wasn't even like Juju was third, and the receivers on as far as yardage went. Deontay Johnson led that receivers room in touchdowns and was second in yards. James Washington had the he most He led yards. the receiver. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He led the receiver room in yards with 630? There's no way. Who's- I mean, this is like. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm dude, like my. I feel like I don't know what it was, but if it was like I feel like 2020 and COVID just kind of threw a wrench in my like oh, understanding yeah. and memory of recent football history. So <laughs> like, one thing remember. that one thing that is important for that year though is that that was the year Big Ben was injured and only started two games. So okay. it was a lot yeah, yeah, that of Mason Rudolph out. that year. Mason Rudolph, yeah, because that was the year that you know Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph did the helmet thing. Okay, it's all it's all coming back to me. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's that's great. I'm gonna tweet that out and I'm gonna clip that because that is I would have had no idea that Deontay John that those were his numbers this first year. I also didn't know Deontay Johnson was because that progression then too, if he takes the Deontay Johnson, let's call it path. So these were the next two years, his second and third year in the league, 24 and 25 years old for Deontay Johnson. So he went from 680 yards to 923 to this past season. 1100 basically almost 1200 it went from five touchdowns to seven to eight so like if he takes that same progression that's really damn good that's really and damn that good. then but that mirrors too then the progression you hope for justin fields darnell mooney and then whoever's in the running Correct. back room because Dave montgomery knowing the life of running backs in the nfl probably won't be around but like if there's linear progression from you know those two guys together, or even throw Darnell Mooney, and there's a third. You're cooking with gas. You are cooking with gas. And how many people right now give a crap about the fact that Deontay Johnson was drafted at 23? How many? How many people will bring that up at this point? Like that was the number one talking right. point about Bayless Jones Jr. He was drafted, and it's not going to matter in two years if he produces, or three years. It's not going to matter. No now, one's going to look back at that and think about those. Sure, things. it's just. The difference is now the situations they were – like the reason that the Vilas Jones Jr. pick got picked apart was because you the Bears are kind of a bottom-feeding team at this moment. You know, <laughs> we could discuss their ceiling, whatever. But at this moment, you're like, can you really afford to take that type of – like 
the Steelers in 2019 were still firmly in the playoff picture, a contending team, Mm -hmm. especially at the time, you know, three years ago, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, not last season, notwithstanding more healthy before he got hurt, obviously. So a little bit different situations, but I think the comps are there, obviously, as we've just discussed the last five, 10 minutes. Sort of, sort of similar players too, as far as, as far as the sure. way they play similar, but, um, and, and so now it's, now we can move past that and see, you know, this is where things get murky. And I was talking to Jake earlier. I was like, I think they'll probably carry six wide receivers. I have to imagine. So after that, you got, you know, we were both in agreement that Nikhil Harry is probably going to be that wide receiver for at least right now. As we enter training, a little training camp preview, he'll be sure. right now wide receiver four until he proves himself. And after that, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I look at that, and this is where I get really, really curious about how this organization, this front office now values a guy like Daz Newsome. Uh, because you mentioned the fact that, you know, again, friend of the program, Daz Newsome, great guy, had a lot of good, you know, thoughts and ideas of what we thought he could be last year. And he is another player, as were many, that were victim to the, you know, Matt Nagy curse of, I'm not going to play young players. And that either, and, in certain situations, it could have either been the fact that the player wasn't good enough to be on the field or the fact that Matt Nagy just didn't want to play younger guys. And this organization, and this front office, and Matt Eberflus have been very outspoken that they are going to play their younger players. They are going to, especially this year, they are not going to be shy about putting guys who may not be quote-unquote ready onto the field. And boy, did I wish we had this front office and this coaching staff last year because Justin Fields would have started week one with this type of thinking. And that's what you needed. And you need to give guys like Daz Newsome reps. You're not going to know if they're good or not until they get out to, onto the field and play. And the example that I was Graham Jr. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. That is the, that's the only example you need. But I, I look at that and I see this is a big offseason for Daz Newsome because oh, like yeah. this is this is almost a make or break it for his career, man. Like he hasn't oh, anything yet. Yeah. He had a lot of a lot of his value in the drafts coming out was the fact that he was a return specialist. Uh, he, he's not going to be the primary returner uh, unless something drastic changes. He's not going to be the primary returner. He's going to have to show himself as a legit wide receiver and as a threat at that position. And, you know, I hope he does. I hope he does. But um, I, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of up in the air where he's at, but then after that, you're probably taking one of the, you're probably taking Equinemius St. Brown. Maybe I don't, I don't imagine in any scenario you take a Tajay Sharp or a Dante Pettis or any of those guys over an Equinemius St. Brown. I'm pretty sure given his, uh, his rapport with Luke Getze, given the fact that they signed him that early in the offseason, the contract they gave him that he's a lock to at least make the roster unless things go wrong. So, you know, after those top five, let's say the top five is one Mooney, two Velas Jones Jr., three Pringle, four Harry five Equinemius St. Brown, and then six is either Daz Newsome or one of those guys, Dante Pettis and Simba Webster, um, Tajay Sharp, you know, Tajay any of those Sharp. guys. But I I, I think in, in to project, you know, we'll do an episode later in training camp of you know, who we think is going to get cut and who we think is going to make the 52-man sure. roster. I think in a scenario like that, and this applies to majority of the position group, they're probably going to favor the younger guys, right? Like why? You would hope. Why not? <laughs> yeah, like, like, Right, and this is again something that the last regime did not do. Like in this situation, this the the state that the Bears are in, just you know, just take a flyer on Des Newsom. He's going to be twenty three, twenty four. You know, why would you not take him over a guy like Tajay Sharp? You know, like that's why 
I don't know. But the wide receiver room after five is kind of a toss-up, and it, in my opinion, doesn't really matter too much. But where do you? Well, that's like any position on an NFL roster. Though. I mean, the yeah, last, but the last guy, the, you know, that sixth, seventh, fifth, you know, guy that's at that la- trying to grab that last spot in the room, they're always. I mean, it's always going to be in flux. It's always going to be up for grabs, and it, like again, it's July thirteenth. You know, training camp doesn't even start for three weeks. So it's like, how can you – like some of these guys might not even be on the team come training camp, you know? So it's oh, like, I don't, how can you really say? cut before training camp. Well, you know it's what I mean. Cool. But, like, it, I mean, is the is the chance not there? Like, is the chance the, like, there? Right. I mean, like, it's July 13th. Anything goes in the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're absolutely right. Also, quick aside, that's just – that's not a Bears thing. Yeah, I saw you laugh. Zach Wilson – Zach Wilson has received more MVP votes than Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady at Caesar Sportsbook. <laughs> I like love the people. La- wait, in like people the last the four days, or like is this a, like the yep. whole? Yep, the like, last couple days. <laughs> yeah. The I love people. That's isn't so great. <laughs> Did they actually – now, yeah. Now, what I want to know is did the sportsbooks actually change his odds at all? Oh, no. no I, I, don't, <laughs> I doubt it. I'd be shocked, but that would be hilarious. Unless they're noticing, unless – right? And like, unless they're noticing the market's like, oh, crap. You know, all these people are getting Zach Wilson MVP tickets at plus – what is he at? Plus 8,000 or something? And, 150 to 1. 150 to one. <laughs> did you, did you do it? You see, you see, you see. No, I did. I, I thought about it. I'm, I won't lie. I thought about it. I thought Here's about putting five dollars on it. Here's a legit question for you. Actually, this is actually good. You, you segue okay. into your question. Better MVP vote or better MVP bet rather Justin Fields or Zach Wilson for this year. Zach you, Wilson. Oh, incorrect. I think. And I'll tell you why. Because, because there is a higher know. chance, there's a higher chance the Jets are in or around the playoff picture than the Bears. Okay. Because I, 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 yeah, I don't even know if I can disagree. I know actually. AFC, I, no, 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 no. I disagree. I disagree. I, I'm com- you're completely wrong. You're completely wrong. I. They're not winning that division, and the the seventh wild card team in that conference is going to be. 11 and six that that conference is way too good but the bears a could get in at eight nine in the nfc there's a non-zero chance that the jets are kind of good there's a non-zero chance there is a yeah i i can agree with that there, there is a higher sure. chance of that than the bears being good the jets have a more complete team so there's a difference there is a chance that yeah okay i could uh they're also so a team that by that measure, a lot if, of younger if, players. If the Jets go nine and seven and make the playoffs, and Zach Wilson is the Zach Wilson would ideally not ideally, but realistically be the reason for that. There's a chance, like if he, he might be good. There's, I mean, Tua might stink. The Bills are one Josh Allen injury away from stinking. Oh, stop it! You're but, not you're you're not doing this. The lengths that you wrong? are going to scheme a Jets the Bills, playoff. The Bills, the Bills are one Josh Allen injury away from stinking. Tua might stink. Stop. Joe Judge is calling plays for the Patriots. I'm that leaves not winning the AFC. You're not even getting. I don't. Close. I don't. I'm not saying they will. I'm not saying they will. I'm not telling you to go waste money on Zach Wilson MVP or that the Jets will win the division. I'm just saying that there is a more likely scenario 
that the Jets win their division than the Bears. That's it. That's all I'm saying. I oh. and thusly and thusly I disagree. Would, this is yeah horrible. because you're the eternal no, 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 optimist. No, no, no. You know what? You no know, no 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 no. Here's my logic. You want my logic? You want to know my logic? The the Bears are one Aaron Rodgers injury away from winning the NFC North, Jake. That's your logic. You're talking you need four players to break their leg for the Jets to make the playoffs. That's you just went on air. You just went on air saying you think that I Jets said Josh Allen. Playoffs I said I said only Josh, Josh Allen. Allen breaking his leg. That's the oh, oh Yeah. My and and regret Tua would have to stay which even if he's and Mac Jones. Which, They're all going to no, have to break their stay. leg. No, that's not that's not what I said. I said Tua I objectively Everyone in the NFL agrees. Objectively, Tua might stink. Tua might stink. That is objectively it's true. It's impossible with the receivers he has. It's impossible. Even if he stinks, no, it's it no, no, okay, so that's the thing. Tua, Tua might stink, but the Dolphins are such a good team that it might not matter. So that is completely true. Absolutely. I'm just saying, there is a – that's all. I can't believe we're doing this right now. That's all. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a non-zero chance. So what you're saying is Justin Fields should be affiliating himself with his best friend's mothers. Is that is that where we're is that where we're going here? Or his or his mother's best friends, rather? I think that's where you're trying to go with this. If, if, if it if it increases if the odds it, of the Bears to make the playoffs, if you, if you we might be in. We might yeah, be if in. you can get it. I'm not gonna tell you no. What do you want me to tell you? No. Go ahead. Just Justin Fields is a handsome dude. Shit. Go for it. I'm not going to tell you no. What are you doing here? All right. Ending the show. Right. We're going to we're gonna should, do this. We did this last year. Should we do our t- we training, have, training camp? We got it. Yeah, we got it. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to send this. Uh, we just spent five minutes on that. We should have spent more because the story itself is just – it's making its round. This, I mean, the story itself has been beat into the ground. You can, yeah, yeah, you can look that up yourself. Um, uh, if okay. you don't know what we're talking about, just search Zach Wilson on yeah, Twitter. I, that's, that's, right. If, yeah. <laughs> All right. A uh, couple minutes left. We'll do our training camp hero, our annual Tanner Gentry training camp hero of the year. The guy who's going to come out at training camp. Everyone's going to be obsessed with him. And we're going to hope that he makes the roster and he inevitably probably gets cut in week three of the preseason, probably. But, and then makes the practice squad and I was sticking around all year and everyone is like, oh, where is he? Oh, he could be good. And then he comes up for one game. He's like, nope, he stinks. <laughs> so, Kevin, you go first. Now, look, there are two requirements for this this award for or this, you know, this player. There's two requirements. One, they have to have one like insanely viral training camp video. It's always that one viral training camp video. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And they have to actually perform in the preseason. Most of the time, like, you know, the names we've done before, Tanner Gentry, Daniel Braverman. These are guys that show out against the twos and the threes, man. And we're like, oh, my God, is this the undrafted rookie from the middle of nowhere guy that is the diamond in the rough? And he's the next, like, Kurt Warner, undrafted Hall of Famer. We have those thoughts. This is what we do as fans. And that guy this year, he fits the mold. He's a wide receiver, just like Daniel Braverman and Sharon Gentry. He's a white guy. He's undersized. Chris Fink, man. Chris Fink is this year's training camp hero, all right? And and look, when we do this, you can't do like Darno Mooney or Kyle Gordon. Like these guys have to be unknown type guys like like Jake mentioned. All right, this guy was picked up after he was cut by the 49ers last year. He has never caught a ball in an NFL game. 
All right. But he's 5'9", 4'5", speed, 40-inch vertical, man. The guy gets up and he, you know, he fits the mold. He's going to have one play. I can see it right now. Trevor Simeon, bomb to Chris Fink. Boom. Chicago Bears Twitter, highlight. <laughs> Boom. Lock it in. I forgot. I forgot Trevor Simeon's on this yeah. team. <laughs> Trevor Simeon, lock it in. Uh, uh, I can't believe he's on this team. I, every time I say it, it just doesn't feel right, but he is. Um, shout out Northwestern football. But Chris Fink, man, he's going to make plays. And I'll, I'll lock it in right now. I don't, you can't, there's no way in the hell you can bet on Chris Fink to score a touchdown in preseason game three or preseason game one, because that's odd, most likely the game or one or wait, one or yeah, one, he'll probably get the most reps. He's going to score a touchdown in preseason game one. He might be plus 1 million to do it. If there's any sports book on the face of the earth that gives you the odds to bet a Chris Fink touchdown in the preseason, put your life savings on it. Cause that is 2022's training camp hero. Remember the name, Chris Fink. I actually don't hate that. I think you picked a perfect undrafted guy out of nowhere. Just makes I, I honestly think perfect. I honestly think you picked a, <laughs> you picked a really really good one. I'm going to be completely honest with you. That's not bad. Um, okay, mine who I'm going to go with. Mine is actually a guy who has been on NFL rosters before and who same thing wide receiver. Kind of at the bottom, not sure. Like he's going to be fighting for one of those last ones. I think it's going to be Dante Pettis, uh, I, a guy who has history in the league. A couple of years ago, just in 2018, had almost 500 yards in a season. Has bounced around ever since then. Hasn't had the greatest career, more stable career. But I think he's going to be someone who fans latch onto. Same thing, Trevor Simeon, because Dante Pettis is kind of a vet of the league. He's like, okay, we know we can trust him maybe a little bit more. Kind of a guy that you could go to has the NFL experience. I think Dante Pettis is going to be the guy where he kind of hangs around the outside of the roster. He's a name fans kind of already familiar with. You might not know where you know him from, but you do know that it rings a bell. I think Dante Pettis, same thing, wide receiver. I think it's. I think this award is always going to be wide receiver. It has to be. Like, like it, always, it always is. But I think it's going to be Dante Pettis who takes us. One person I will say I think they're going to make the team anyway just because of positional need. But somebody whose personality I think can steal the hearts of fans, I think Doug Kramer is going to be a hit at training camp. That guy's a great interview. Was He's he, a was, great he interview. was he like that at U of I? Yeah, just like oh, just like someone who would always not afraid of the camera will talk to anybody. I think he's someone who would be like, all right, he's just everywhere right now. Yeah, and also offensive line is an absolute garbage fire right now, so you can't really afford to just be kicking bodies to the curb there. Absolutely. He'll make the roster for sure. I think I'm interested to see what he can do. We've already gotten some good news about some of the other rookie um, offensive linemen, as far as the projections is with Zach Thomas and Braxton Jones and what those guys can be. So hopefully Doug Kramer falls in line with that, but yeah, man, we love these training camp heroes. I can't wait, man. We're, we're going to be there uh, a couple days in July and then, you know, one day in August or something. So we'll see it firsthand and hopefully the bears will let us take videos and stuff. Uh, I'm not sure if they will, um, but Chris Fink and Dante Pettis. And I actually already think Dante Pettis had sort of a viral moment. If, if I remember in mini camp, didn't like Justin Fields mm-hmm. throw like a deep ball to him and people were going crazy about that. He did. Yeah. Yep. So you're already on, you're already on the right track with Dante Pettis. Cause he is sort of that deep threat option. So I could see them being yep. like, Field, fields to Pettis, you know, let's break the internet <laughs> for four minutes and 
drive Bears fans crazy because we're starving for this stuff. So I also Chris Fink, the way he tweets, I was looking up his when I was looking him up earlier. I gotta find the tweet. He tweets a lot like he tw- his he's got a funny Twitter actually. He said something uh and, and I knew you'd like it because you are just you know the way you are on Twitter is very it's very uniquely you. Um he here's what he tweeted. This is something I feel like there's something you tweet. He said uh yesterday or two days ago, honestly, I don't much care for the Mona Lisa and I wouldn't hang it in my home. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, is that not something you would tweet? Like, that's that's just one thousand percent. Yeah, that's that's really something that would be on my time. Right? Not uh, you know what we're gonna do? Actually, uh, let's get Chris Fink on the podcast. Uh, I don't hate on. that. I'm in. I'm in. All right, we'll we'll get him on here. Um, we're we're gonna get a studio up here pretty soon. Hopefully, Jake and I'll be Thanks. in the same room for the next episode, and maybe Chris Fink will join us. So next week, man, next Wednesday, we're gonna pray. Uh, stay pretty tight to this hopefully to this Wednesday seven o'clock stuff on, uh, for the rest of the summer. Now that we actually have things to talk about here at Bears Nation podcast. And um, yeah, man, hopefully uh, we can have a lot of fun soon with that. So. Yeah. So come back next week. We might be, me and Kevin might be in the same room and I might be able to smack him upside the head in person, which would be great. So I'm thank you guys as always for listening, for commenting. You guys are the best. We appreciate you sticking with us during that dead period. We're ramping up. We're getting ready to bring you another season of great bears content. So as always, thank you to the listeners and viewers. We will see you next week for a possibly live in studio episode. But until then, everybody stay good. We love you. And as always, fair down. Fair down.